0: Morning Life Center. How are we doing today? Good. It's good to see everybody. Glad you're here. If you're a guest here today, we're ecstatic that you're here. We want you to enjoy yourself, but we want you to feel the presence of God. We want you to have the same life changing opportunity that we've all had because when you come in contact with Jesus, that's the moment that everything can change in your life. That's the moment. Your the whole trajectory of your life can be completely altered, and that's what his goal is for you today. So we're glad you're here, and this has already been said, but this is the very last Sunday of 2019. <laughs> Who's glad 2019's over? <laughs> Who can't believe it's already over? I told my wife last night, Pastor Andrew, that I, I just got used to writing 2019. And now i got to learn to write 2020, and I'm sure I'm going to have to void some checks and do all kinds of stuff, but that's just, it's where we are. I can't believe that, that we're here already. This is our last service together. We've, done, we've been working, man. I, I, I was looking back over what we've been doing, and we've been, we've been working. We did a blessed series in Thanksgiving uh, uh, in November. We did an IMC, and it, it's basically, if I could retitle that, I said in, in week one, it would be a how to have series. Because there are certain promises that God makes to us when we follow him, when we're pursuing him, when we follow his word that have to happen. And sometimes I'm amazed at myself because when God answers prayer like he said he would do, when he provides like he said he would do, we're, we're surprised. I can't believe God did this. Well, he, just, he said he would do it. And we, when we get to a place where we expect those things instead of being surprised by those things, that's a better place to be. And then in December, we did the, the I Am series, and it was all about the roles that God wants to fill in your life and letting him out of the salvation box, because we believe on him for salvation. We, we give our lives to him for salvation, but sometimes we keep him there, and we try to live our life outside of that. And when we let him be our provider and our healer and, and everything we need, we we'll talk about the names of God, then our life radically changed. And next week, we're going to begin a brand new series called Small Things, Big Difference. Small things, big difference. And many times we start a new year and we have these big goals. And we're going to make more money. We're going to lose weight. We're going to stop smoking. We're going to do all these things. And that's the goal. And sometimes we don't have a way to get there. And whether it's a physical goal or it's a spiritual goal, we're going to talk about how to make small changes and how small things can make a big difference in our lives and our relationship with God because that's the foundation for who we are. And if our foundation is, is secure, and if our relationship with God is where it needs to be, everything else will fall into place. Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are added to us. So when we get that vertical alignment right, where we're seeking God, and we're following after him, and we're becoming more like him, then, th- then our life starts to take shape and get better. We're going to talk about that today. And it's not my favorite time of the year, but... In the first week of January, we're going to start 2020. Everybody say 2020. 2020. 20 days of prayer and fasting. It's not my favorite time of the year because I like to eat. It's very apparent that I like to eat. But we're, we're going we're to pray and fast for 20 days. And we're going to have different ways you can fast, different things you can fast. But we're gonna, There's only one way you can pray, and that's to pray. I saw a quote by T.F. Tenney this, this last, last week or week before last. It said, it said, I, I, don't, I rarely pray for more than 30 minutes at a time. That's what he said. Prophet, powerful man of God, one of the most powerful I've ever seen in my life. He said, I rarely pray for more than 30 minutes at a time, but I rarely go 30 minutes without praying. How's that? Yes. What's the scripture say? Pray without ceasing. That's how you do that. You don't walk around and pray 24 hours a day. You, you might not pray for more than, like him. If I can pray for not more than 30 minutes at a time and be like him, sign me up, man. He was amazing. I rarely pray for more than 30 minutes at a time, but I rarely go 30 minutes without praying. That's communicating with God, and we're going to do that for 20 days, focused. It's going to be goal-oriented, and it's going to be awful, but it's going to be fabulous. How's that? Let's let's just be honest. Nobody likes to fast, at least of all me. So going with the spirit and the theme of New Year, you see it on the screen. We're going to be talking about new today. And if we're honest, we will, all, we will all say and we'll all agree that we like new things. Right? Come on, you got to get with me. We like, we like new things. New house, new car. If you can't afford a new car, wash it and buy new tires. It'll feel like a new car. I promise. New tires make your car drive brand new. For 600 bucks, man, you can have a brand new car. And wash it. Get all the McDonald's trash out of it. It'll feel like a new one. You gotta, we like new clothes. We like new shoes. New is nice, right? New is nice. When it comes to our relationship with God and, and what he has made possible for us, new is very nice. In 2 Corinthians 5, scripture says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Everybody say new. new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things. Everybody say all. All. All things are become new. We've heard this scripture. If if you go to church, you've heard this. You've seen this. Maybe you haven't. Well, today you have. You can no longer say, I haven't seen the scripture before, because now you have. And we're going to look at this today. What's it really mean for us? The first thing I want to talk about today is we have hope. Isaiah 43 says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I've called you by name. Acts 2.39 says, For the promise is unto who? To you, to your children, to everybody that's far off, even as many as God shall call. And he's saying, I called you by name. You are mine. Verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not Set you ablaze. Do not try this at home. He's not talking about literal flames. He's talking about figurative flames of trial and circumstance and things that you're going to go through. This simply means that when you go through trials, when you go through things that threaten to take you out to destroy you, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Scripture says that he hasn't given us a spirit of what? Of fear, but of love and of of a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid about being destroyed because we have Hope. Hope that he's going to take care of us. Hope that he's got us. Hope that when we go through these things, we're not going to be overtaken and we're not going to be destroyed. I have hope that he's got me, that he's going to take care of me. My enemy will not overrun me. Who's ever felt like your enemy is just going to take you out? Like I'm barely holding on. I got, I, got a, I got a fingernail in the tree bark and I'm sliding down. I'm, I'm about to the end of my rope. I don't know what I'm going to do. We have a promise that if we're following Jesus... That we will not be overrun. We will not be overtaken. We will not be destroyed. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It doesn't say no weapons going to be formed. The weapons will be formed. The weapons will not prosper. That's the promise that we have. I may get knocked down, but guess what? I'm getting right back up. Who had the, who had the inflatable boxing thing that had the funny clown face on it that had the sand in the bottom? That lasted about three days. You hit it, what happens? It pops right back up. If you stand too close to it, it's going to hit you in the face. That's what we are like. We might get knocked down, but we're going to pop right back up. Why? Because the Spirit of God empowers us. It's our promise that we won't be destroyed or overrun. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you... Everybody say "Will." will. Will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What God has started in you... He will finish. He's not going to leave me hanging. The person sitting beside you may leave you hanging. Your family may leave you hanging. Your friends may leave you hanging. But I promise you, God will not leave you hanging. My faith will not waste. My faith will not waste because I have hope. My sacrifice that I make will not be in vain He will complete what He has begun in my life, and that is a promise because God's got me. He's my hope. So we have hope. We're a new creature. Guess what else? We're forgiven. Who's happy about that? Who's been a dummy? We all have been. But guess what? No matter how dumb you've been, no matter what you've done, you are forgiven. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus, the the, the background, Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's been tortured. He's been beaten. He's in bad shape. He is going to die. In Luke 22, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. And then they divide up his clothes by casting lots. There's a whole list of scriptures I could have listed on forgiveness. On how to forgive, on who to forgive, and all this kind of stuff. But this right here. This is the forgiveness scripture. Why? Because they didn't ask for forgiveness. They didn't want forgiveness. After he asked for their forgiveness, they divided. They took his clothes and they ripped his clothes off of him and and divided his clothes up. By gambling. They didn't want forgiveness. They didn't ask for it. But he gave it to them. Why? Because forgiveness isn't about them. It's about us. And this is a picture of how we... Forgive. The Bible says that if we forgive others, that he will forgive us. If we forgive others, he forgives us. As he forgave, so should we. Because it's not about them, it's about you. It's not about keeping them hostage. It's not about holding them hostage and, and holding them accountable for what they did. It's about releasing your anger. It's about releasing your bitterness. It's about, it's about making you healthy. Because if you carry anger, if you carry bitterness, if you carry unforgiveness, guess what it's, it's going to do? It's going to make you sick. You can't hate people. They got quiet right there, man. Don't raise your hands. Who's ever said, I hate you? Or I hate, and you put the person's name right there. What did Jesus say the the greatest two commandments were? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Oh, I got it, Jesus. I love you. You're awesome. Thank you, God. Let's go to the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. The scripture also says that if we don't love our neighbor who we have seen, how can we love God who we haven't seen? You can't hate on people. Number one, it's going to make you sick. Number two, you're not going to be right with God. Forgive. Well, what, you said we're forgiven. We are when we, for, when we forgive. Forgive. And that's a whole series about forgiveness. We're not going to go there today, but we got to forgive so we can be forgiven. It doesn't cleanse them. It cleanses us because when we forgive, we are forgiven. So we have hope. We have forgiveness. And we have a future. We have a future. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb. Think about this. Let's slow down. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. When you were a union of cells, when you were a fetus, when you were a bean, that's what I always call my kids, look, a bean. Now they're 20 and 17, not beans anymore. A bean, whatever you call an unborn child, God knew you. That's pretty special. When those cells first joined together, Before that, God knew that baby. Let that sink in. He knows every fetus, every baby, every child. Jeremiah 29, 11, and we love the scripture. All Christianity loves the scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The NIV there says hope in the future. It's a very specific promise for a very specific time, and that promise took 70 years to happen. Think about that. That promise in Jeremiah was 70 years coming. But it's a very specific promise for a very specific time. But strongly underscores the love that God has for us. And the thoughts that he thinks toward us in giving us a future. It underscores the intentionality of his plans and the future that we can rest assured in if we're following after Jesus. See, we go from hopeless and we go from unforgiven people with no future. Who's ever felt that way? Hopeless. Unforgiven Like your life is a, is, a, is a dead end And you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow You don't know, don't know what's going to happen next week or next month And you feel like you're going in circles And sometimes you feel like you're going nowhere at all We go from that person To new creations To new creations Favored By almighty God <laughs> you that's special That's something when, when, when we can go from the mess that we've been To a person that God favors To a person that God plans for. To a person that God gives to. To a person that God died for. New is nice. That should make somebody very happy today because God loves you. God loves you. Jesus died for you. He favors you and he wants to bring more new into your life. I hope you can see what God has done in your life because we're new in Christ. His mercies are new when... Every single morning, tomorrow Today was a new day when you woke up You may not have wanted to, uh, to Get out of the warm covers and swing your bed to the, to your, your feet to the floor And put your slippers on and go turn the shower on Or I hope you, I hope you took a shower But you may not want to do all that Maybe you didn't have time, maybe you slept in I don't know, but whatever it is You may not have wanted to get out of the bed But guess what, you had the power To get out of bed because you woke up That's a good start That's a good start. We're blessed. His mercies are new every morning. And guess what? If we're still here, they'll be new again tomorrow morning. Tomorrow will be a new day with new opportunities, new possibilities. Every time I fail, y'all don't fail, do you? You don't make mistakes. No. Every time I fail and I choose to repent. See, you can live an unrepentant life and you can live in sin if you want to. But if you don't want to, every time I choose to repent for that mistake, guess what? I am made new right then. Yep. Who's ever used a squeegee? Raise your hand. Squeegee You know, there's this whole squeegees. I'm not going to go there. Squeegees. <laughs> we had these glass shower doors at the last house we lived in, and, and, and you know, they, they get soap scum and, and they get messed up, so we bought a squeegee kit. Who's ever used those in a shower? It's weird. So you take a shower, and, and the water's there, and soap whatever, you rinse the window off, and you get the squeegee, and you go down the window. <laughs> or if you're doing your car window, you go across the window. And it's amazing what a rubber squeegee on glass will do. Because it, just, just, it disperses the water and moves it and makes it completely dry and like it was never there. This is my, I, y'all, I'm weird, I'm a little bit special, and y'all know that. But here's here's what I envision, and hopefully it's gonna help somebody today. When I sin, when I call somebody an idiot and traffic, happened yesterday. When I when I do that, when I when I do stupid stuff, or when I yell at my wife or kids and, I, and and and, and I, I realize that and I'm standing in the shower at night before I go to bed and I'm praying or in the morning, whatever it is. I I picture when I repent, I picture the blood of Jesus washing down me like a squeegee think about that that's that's just how i do it you don't have to do this this could just be mine and special my own special way i don't know but i picture god taking a squeegee and going down who i am and cleaning off dispersing and dispelling all of my sin all of my dirty all of my nasty and i'm clean like it's never been there before that's what repentance does When I repent of my sin, he forgives me. And when he forgives me, the Bible says that he chooses to forget my sin. Oh, I wish we could do that. I wish we could forget people's transgressions against us like he forgets ours against him. How amazing would our world be if we could do that? But I picture when I, when I fail, when I sin, when I mess up and I repent, I picture God taking a squeegee and just going from top of my head to the bottom of my feet and getting rid of all of my sin and making me new all over again. And to me, that's amazing. Every time it happens, every time I pray forgiveness, I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. Still, I'm 47 years old and I get a warm, fuzzy feeling that Jesus has forgiven me. And it makes me feel better. It makes me feel more secure that I, once again, am forgiven. Once again, I'm brand new. Once again, he's washed me and made me clean. If we are in Christ, we are new. We get a new life. We have hope for eternity. We've been forgiven and will be forgiven of every mistake that we make. We have the hope for a better future of a full, abundant life. We have people in this room at all different stages of relationship with Jesus. For some of you, this is brand new. For some of y'all, y'all been here 50 years. And that's an amazing thing that God has kept you that long. That you have been like a hair in a biscuit and stuck there. That you refuse to give up. Some of y'all catch that in a minute. If you don't know, a hair is hard to get out of a biscuit when it, once it's baked in there. Some of y'all like that. The devil's tried to root you out for a long time, but you're like, uh-uh. You get behind me. You get away from I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. I've come too far to give up now. Right? Yes. You're like a hair in a biscuit, and you're not going to go anywhere. That's a good thing. But we got people all over in your stage of relationship with Jesus. For the past few months, I said this earlier, we've been working hard, and it's been tough at times because we, we have to look inside to become more like Jesus, As a community, God has been processing us. But you know what? I'm proud of us. Not in a bad way, but I'm proud of us because we're moving forward together. We're working on ourselves together and we're becoming better together. We all have in common that we've experienced the newness that Jesus brings. And some of us have recently seen the trajectory of our life radically change due to what God has done in our life and due to the favor that a relationship with God brings to our life. Think about this. In just in this past year, new marriages, new families, new babies, new jobs, new promotions, new positions, new opportunities, new relationships, new degrees. Think about it. God has elevated you. He is elevating you. He's brought new in large amounts to you and to me. He's favored us. He's brought new people into our lives, people who are good for us. He's replacing and shifting some people in your life that, that maybe you've been hanging out with, with people who aren't so good for you. And maybe destructive relationships are influencing you. Well, maybe he's distancing those a little bit where they can still see you from afar. But maybe he's bringing new people in your life that promote what he wants to do in your life. and They're speaking life to you. They're speaking positive instead of negative. They're speaking life instead of death. He's bringing people into your life. He's put some of you in places of influence. He's given people authority, not just to make you feel good, not just to make me feel good. No, but to bring change to your environment. You're somebody's hope. You are somebody's hope. Be the hope that they need in their life. You're somebody's hope. Think about this. Some of you have gotten promotions. Some of you right now have more money than you've ever had in your life. Think about it. You're like, not me. Some of you right now have more money than you've ever had in your life. You're like, let let, let me know who it is so I can get some. No. (laughs) Some of you have more margin in your life than you've ever had before. Some of you have better relationships in your life than you've ever had. Because you burned all the other ones. Because you messed them up because you were a dummy. I've messed up relationships because I was a done. We, we do these things, but we have God has brought people into our life, and we have better relationships than we've ever had before. You now have a vibrant and a growing relationship with God, and, and you were spiritually bankrupt before. Maybe you didn't know who God was. Maybe you had a problem with him. Maybe you held a grudge against God for something to happen in your life, but maybe now you see who he really is and what he really wants to do in your life, and he's healed that, and you have a vibrant and a growing relationship with him. It's all about the newness that he's brought into your life. What all those things have in common, they have come through newness. Newness. That only a relationship with Jesus can bring. Only the favor of God can bring these things. So what's ahead? What what are we doing right? The last Sunday of 2019, the possibilities are endless. There is no limit. There is no ceiling. God's not finished. We haven't arrived until we see Jesus face to face. You may be in a place where it's okay to feel these, these times, these moments. You may be in a place where... You feel like you can finally rest. You got a good job. The bills are paid. Your relationships are are in order. And you're you're coming to church. You're feeling good about yourself. You're like, oh, I can finally stop and rest. No, you can't. Enjoy where you are right now, but you're not finished. God's not finished. Because it's just a a place to rest for a minute. It's just a place to appreciate where you are and what he's done in your life. And there's more to do. There's more to have. Let's be honest. Some of y'all don't like that, but it's how it is. God's not finished, because finished never is. No Star Wars fans. That's okay. You may be sitting here thinking how you don't have more money. You may be sitting there thinking about how your your relationships still stink. And I'm just trying to hold a Life Center pep rally right now. No, that's not the case. Here's the truth. I see the big picture of what God is doing, and I see the, the momentum that people's lives and families are gaining and, and how he's moving pieces and people around and promotions that happen and all these things. I hear your stories. I see the effort that some are putting into their relationships with Jesus and how life change is happening. This house, I said this two weeks ago, this house is full of miracles. This house is full of miracles. And Let's, let's say it again like this. This house is a house of miracles. This house will be a house of miracles, miracles of life change, miracles of healing, miracles of provision. Yes, in every area of your life that you can imagine, this is a house of miracles. This is not a pep rally or a pep talk. This is a celebration because God is faithful. Can we not give God glory? Can we not give God praise for the amazing things that he's done in our lives? For bringing us together, for saving us, for loving us, for healing us, for providing for us, for bringing good people into our lives. People that speak life and lift us up. He's doing what he said he would do. He's doing what he said he would do. And guess what? He's going to do a lot more of it. He's going to do a lot more of it. Does anybody have, have faith for that? Do you have faith that God's going to do more than what he's been doing? Yes. Is anybody just happy where you are right now? You don't want any more? You, just, let's just stay here and sing Kumbaya. No. You can sing Kumbaya if you want. I don't care if you sing that. But we're not going to stay where we are. Because if we're not growing, we're dying. If we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards right? We have to progress. We have to move forward. He's, he, he's brought us new, and he's going to bring more new. All I'm doing right now is promoting a victory lap for Jesus. He's taking a lap right now. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. I've healed you. I've saved you. I've provided for you. I brought you relationships. I, I've done all these things in your life, and I want to do more. Let's let him do more. Let's celebrate the new that we have, but not be satisfied with the new that we have, because new will get old. You don't believe me? Look at the pair of shoes you got two years ago. Cracked, worn, they stink. They might have a hole in the soul. I don't know. But you need new ones. New will get old. We have to grow. We have to get better. It hasn't been easy. We're not just tiptoeing through tulips here. It's not not always easy. It, It hasn't been without tears. It hasn't been without trials. But he's doing it. It's like the lady I talked to on the phone a few weeks ago. She said, won't he do it? I said, yes, he will. Every single time. Somebody's time to wake up. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Wake up and see the new in your life. Wake up and appreciate what he's done. Wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, for the good and the new in my life. So let's go to 2020 excited. Let's go into 2020 looking for the new that God is going to bring on top of the new that he's already brought into our lives, into our community. Let's see what he wants to build on the foundations of our lives that he has been laying for the past little bit because it's time for him to do that. It's time time to build on this foundation of relationship. It's time to build on this foundation of community and see what God... We got people stepping up in, in, in lots of areas. That's exciting to see. But some of us only look for the finished product. It's so easy for us to do. We only want the finished product. We don't, you know, I, I read an article a couple years ago that said, that said the, there's a dilemma right now that, that people in their 50s and 60s and, and, and 40s, are having, they have these kids that are now 20, 25, 30 years old, and the kids that are 25 are wanting what their parents have. They want the four-bedroom, four-bathroom house, two-car garage, and two cars, and all this kind of stuff, but they don't want to go through the process to get it. See, mom and dad have been doing this for 25 years. And they've been doing 25 days and they want the same thing. <laughs> and that's what leads to the debt problem in our society. Because they think they have to get out of college and have all these things right now, without waiting for it, without working for it, without paying for it as they go. They just want to get all and pay for it later, and that doesn't work. We have to be okay with the process. We have to be okay with building. We want the destination, but it's really about the journey. And we're walking together. We're working together. We're getting better together. See, it, it'd be easy for us to say, God, just give us this. Put us here so we can do this when he's growing us to get us there. I'm not a patient person. I have, a tr- I have trouble with this. I'm like, God, just get us there. Just get us there. Just get us there. And I, it's like a, a bridle on a horse's mouth. He's yanking back on the reins, and I'm yanking forward. I'm like, just get us there. And he will get us there, but it's a journey that we have to go on. It's a journey that God is building, experience through experience, victory to victory, and even trial to trial, even circumstance to circumstance. He builds us to get us where he wants us to go. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't become weary in doing good. King James says, don't be be weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we're like a hare in a biscuit. If we don't give up, if we don't give up, we're going to win. You may get tired, but don't stop. You may, you may even get disillusioned, but don't stop. You can, you, you'll get mad at me a time or two, but don't stop. I'm just human like you are. We're just trying to get somewhere together. Don't stop. Don't quit. Focus right now on the new that God has already done in your life, but focus also on the possibilities of what he is doing and going to do in your life and the new that is coming. Be grateful for what's happened, but let's move with purpose. Let's move with intention and let's move with excitement into 2020 to see what God is going to do. Let's stand together. Philippians 1. I'm sorry, Philippians 3. says, I press. Everybody say press. Press. I'm not casually sauntering. I'm not dilly-dallying. I'm not meandering. I press. I Press. On toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. That's, that's wordy. That's a lot of words. You know what that scripture says? I'm pushing forward. There's a goal he's got for me. I'm just going to push forward. I'm just going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to push through adversity. I'm going to push through obstacle. I'm going to press in. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to move forward. Whatever you want to say, I'm just not stinking going to give up. How's that? I'm not going to quit. I refuse to let my circumstances take me out. I refuse to let the person that's talking about me get me down. Nobody talks about y'all. I refuse that the person that's taken advantage of me steal my victory, steal my joy. It's not going to happen. I'm pressing forward. I'm thankful, but God, I know this isn't everything. I'm grateful, but I know that God's got more. I see you, God, but I haven't peaked yet. I'm not the best I can be. You haven't done everything in me that you want to do. I am not the best I can be yet. God, I've been around a minute, but you're not finished with me. If you're breathing, guess what? He's not finished with you yet. If you're breathing, he's got purpose for you. There's a lot that's been done, but there's a lot more to do. We've seen increase, but we need more. We already have two services here on Sunday, but guess what? We're going to have a third one. Why? Because of souls. People need Jesus. That's the bottom line. People need Jesus. Jesus, you called me. Here I am. I'm ready for more. I appreciate the new you brought to my life. I appreciate my job, my promotion, my my friends, my family, my relationships, my healing. I appreciate all those things. But I know you're not finished with me yet. Here I am. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for new. I'm pressing forward. God bless y'all. Have a great week. Love ya.